Welcome to Top of the Game with Javier Sade, where we talk to amazing people that are shaping the world. These lightning round talks explore what makes remarkable leaders tick. Thinkers and doers pushing humankind forward and at the top of their games. Impactful insights, global perspectives, valuable wisdom you can use every day in your life and work. This is Top of the Game. Enjoy today's episode. Here's Javier. This is our 22nd episode, and because the number is repeated twice, we have twins. Amazing, remarkable human beings, Sinoe and Kenny Terrero, grew up in the Bronx in very humble circumstances, Dominican descent, and have risen to heights in their careers that were not expected, at least from their perspective, but from mine, and A. Maria knows them, for sure. Sinoe has served as CFO of Etsy, Indiegogo, and now Envoy. Kenny has helped write the book on cryptocurrency and digital assets since 2013. The Bronx comes up a lot, and so does Grit. Enjoy the conversation. The Brothers Terrero. I'm not going to call you the Brothers McMullen. How are you? Hey, good morning. Doing pretty good. Good, good morning. And uh, you guys are in two different coasts, right? One of you is west, one of you is east. Yeah, Kenny is uh, still back in New York, in, in Pelham Manor right now, but I'm in Alameda, California, San Francisco. Best weather you in the Bay Area. You escaped the Bronx. Uh, well, you are my second podcast ever with two people at once. First of all, you're twins. Second of all, you have both kind of straddled finance from different perspectives. You know, you've been a CFO and uh, Kenny, you've been doing so much about, around law and regulations on the next iteration of finance. So I'm going to throw kind of a jump ball at both of you. Tell me a little bit about your, your origin, your upbringing, stuff you learned as a kid in college, however, whatever that you still take to this day. So Kenny, to you first. Yeah, sure. Thanks. You know, I when I think about my upbringing, um, what strikes me is that people, even in the Bronx, people separated themselves. Meaning, you you knew who were the hard workers, you knew who had the work ethic, you knew who were the straight shooters, and who you were with really was going to determine where you were going to end up. And to this day, it's remarkable that a lot of the friends that that Sonori and I. Uh, blended with early on went on to be you know relatively successful and were straight shooters so that was to me like you know like tell me who you're who you're with and i will tell you you know where you end up that to me started to play out very early because in the bronx i mean it was it was a pretty rough time when we were growing up but mm -hmm. still there were good families and still there were hard-working kids and parents and, and and who we stuck with ended up playing out the way you would think it, it you know it would yeah, I think um, for me, the the interesting thing about about the Bronx is um, and growing up where we grew up is that you really don't know you're you're poor. And so you don't know you're poor. So you're happy with what you have, but you also don't know what other people have. And I think when you start discovering that, that's what really builds hunger. And I think that's when you're like, wow, like this is how this. So, so people don't have to struggle to pay their rent. So people can do things like have a savings account. So people can do. And I think that, you know, you are sheltered because the bodega is your supermarket. 
And for us, Yankee Stadium, $4 tickets for the bleacher seats was entertainment, but you never left the vicinity and you just, you, sometimes you forget there's a really, really big world out there and a lot of people don't expose themselves. You know, it's really interesting. I, as, as you both know, I grew up in Puerto Rico and in Puerto Rico, I wasn't a minority. It was 100% Hispanic. So it's not until kind of you start opening your aperture as to how you view the world and uh, what you what you both brought up about this, inf people that influence you in life early have such a impact on us. We don't even notice it, right? It's like just one fleeting moment becomes this kind of path-making thing. You both have blazed a remarkable path. If you layer the fact that you grew up with uh, uh, not a lot of resources in a very rough uh, part of New York makes it even more special. But um, just tell me a little bit about now your, a little bit of your path. So right now, so my path, you know, it's interesting, but both Kenny and I, we, we were going to be music producers when we were young and we actually started school thinking we were going to go into music production until I, I think he said, I'm going to go be a lawyer. And I was like, well, I don't want to be the only music producing twin. So then we decided to like, you know, part ways <laughs> And uh, in many ways, he he knew he was going to be a lawyer. I didn't know what I was going to be. I was going to, I was knew I was good at numbers. And so the path was really trying to find the most secure job that I can in the, in the biggest field that I can. And, you know, and, and that was accounting at the time. And for me, the path is always filled with serendipity. I was fortunate enough to be at City working under a guy named Andy Homan. Uh, who knew a woman named Beth Ferreira, who was a COO uh, at Etsy. And when I was leaving City, he was like, hey, you should talk to this woman and you should, you know, she's looking to build out this uh, this team. And and as you know, I had been in a startup before that. And so I knew, you know, like startup mentality. And, and that changed my trajectory. That changed my life because I really took a big risk to go with this unknown company named Etsy, where we were 70 people in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, and literally like people wearing shorts and flip-flops and tattoos. And I'm coming from city in my shirt and tie. And I didn't know what it was. And yeah. and it, it it was a leap of faith. But honestly, it was also grounded on the fact that when you don't have anything, you can't take risks. And so I didn't even comprehend the risk calculation when I made it. But it was definitely the best decision that I made. I, I immediately from jump, I was sitting in a room with on a board with Fred Wilson from Unisquare Ventures and Danny Reimer and Jim Breyer from Excel, who was the first money at, 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 in Facebook. And so I'm a kid from the Bronx. I don't think it really dawned on me that that I had tripped onto this ginormous opportunity to, to have this level of exposure. And clearly it's changed my trajectory. I'm now like a startup CFO, COO. Um, operator and and that was really the 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 starting point but it did it did take a little bit of serendipity uh to come my way and and those folks really had a lot of impact in changing my trajectory to where i'm at now you're being humble i'm gonna brag for you you've been cfo of really remarkable companies etsy which changed it because sort of now everybody talks about the creator economy that was the genesis of the creator economy and then you were cfo of uh, indiegogo which was one of the original crowdfunding platforms. So really just remarkable. You're biting on all that risk. Uh, Kenny, you've been blazing paths in one of the most prestigious law firms in the world in one of the areas that is uh, kind of the wild, wild west of finance. So to you. Yeah, you know, same here. I think luck, right? Being at the right place, the right time. And, and sometimes people are put in your life for a reason. 
um you know i was the first person in my in my family to go to college the first person to go obviously to law school and it was it was unknown territory for me i only applied to brooklyn law school people are like whoa why did you go to brooklyn I'm like well i only applied to brooklyn i didn't even think to apply to a different school i had no idea what corporate law was i didn't even know i, I didn't know this thing existed until one day i walked into mayor brown and the elevator doors open and i was just blown away by the place and i was blown away by the by the fact that i was greeted by a, a puerto rican corporate lawyer who's who greeted me in spanish uh and and that's when i realized like wow we we're here we can do this this is like you know we're not blocked from this opportunity uh and wilma pika to who to this day is a mentor to me looked at me you know took me under his wing, mentored me, showed me the ropes, really encouraged me to change my trajectory. I, I was I was on my way to becoming a district attorney. I end up at 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 at, at Sitley and again, a struck of luck in 2013 um when one of our clients was looking for someone to work on a bitcoin. At that time no one knew what bitcoin was on a project. Did you buy uh, any? Did you buy any for like $4 uh, or whatever it was? Uh we bought at a at 108 don't ask oh, me what, don't, don't, no 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 we we, we sold it don't ask me what we, we sold, sold it at 800. <laughs> okay it's a an eight bagger but it could have been uh it could have been a thousand bagger but sorry kenny I, i'm sorry to bring up some pain there <laughs> no no you know i always people always like so you didn't jump over a bridge and i'm like no we, we didn't lose so i tried to remind myself of that we didn't lose and people tend to forget see we've been around this game for a long time after that Bitcoin went down to 300 and it stayed there for years. So we thought we hit the lotto. So I, I, you know, I was given an opportunity in 2013 when no one knew what this asset class was to work on a project. Uh, the client really wanted to, to launch what, what today is the biggest Bitcoin, uh, you know, investment vehicle, which is GBTC. Um, and one of the mandates was, Hey, we don't know what this is. Can someone write and explain what Bitcoin is. And that was what fell on my laps. And from then on, you know, I've been involved in the space. But I think to myself, I'm like, that was just luck. I just happened to be there. And I was the most junior lawyer on that team. So the partners were like, hey, we have regulatory issues to worry about. You focus on the technology. And that was a blessing. I mean, talk about a blessing and talk about, I mean, you both have brought up serendipity and luck a lot, but in reality, as you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And that is true because you put yourself in situations and you got to deal with them. That's life. Uh, but putting yourself in the, those forks of the road really takes skill, perseverance, which leads me kind of to, and I think it's going to be our last topic. As you know, these shows are, are pretty short and fast clip, and it's hard to do it with two very talkative Dominicans. Um, <laughs> here you are. Uh, we all hear, the three of us are Hispanics, that there's this very difficult pathways to opportunity for people that don't look like the people that started this country and all this stuff. Yet, somehow, uh, the two of you, I'll say the three of us, put knives in our mouth, went to battle, doing what you got to do, right? It's capitalism. It's a, it's a free economy. So I want you to tell me a little bit and uh, to the listeners out there that get inspiration for people like you, not a secret to success, but a, a 
pathway that uh, really leverages sort of your identity uh, combined with skills. In other words, not diversity for diversity's sake, but diversity because the more voices you have around the table, the better the outcomes are. Well, you're talking to a Dominican kid from the Bronx that was a Red Sox fan in the Bronx. So it's uh, oh no, it's like how many if, times if did you, you get beat up? <laughs> did you get beat up a lot? I mean, I got I have some stories, man. Uh, particularly a two thousand four. But, you know, it builds fortitude. We've always been sort of like out there to be contrarians. But but honestly, I think that, you know, you can the one thing that I tell young professionals and I tell everybody is that the only thing you can control in life is how hard you work. And this is to your point. Yeah, there is luck. Um, look, I'm not, I don't consider myself the most intelligent person in every room because I can't control that. But I can tell you that I that no one's going to outwork me and no one is going to like out hustle me. And I'm going to raise my hand every time there's a difficult project and every time there's a difficult thing that people are shying away from. And transparently, that's what's really led to, you know, the the good fortune I've had in the in the jobs that I've had and even in the roles that I have within the jobs. Right now in my job, I'm the CFO and COO and currently interim CRO. That's very rare. I am willing and able to do whatever it takes to win and that I'm going to get up in the morning with you know fire in my belly because again i'm a kid from the bronx the first time that i went to a fundraising in silicon valley i was still in new york i, I sent out a tweet i don't tweet anymore but i said you know when you come from humble beginnings things never cease to amaze you and for me every day is a blessing and everything is extra cheese on my pizza because i wasn't supposed to be here but now that i'm here i'm going to make sure that my space is carved out and that it's not a freebie and that it's not a gimme. I'm not here because anyone did me any favors. I'm here because I belong. I'm going to work. I'm going to produce. I'm going to be effective. People are not doing you favors. You're doing them favors for that hard work. Kenny, what are your thoughts? You know, my thoughts can be summarized in the title of a book that I tell everyone to read. And is to just be unapologetically ambitious. You know, I think that sometimes when people come from humble beginnings, they tend to put their own glass ceilings and don't think that they can achieve certain things. And to me, once you recognize that you have something, like once I recognized that I was smart, I mean, teachers would be like, wow, you're smart. I was like, okay, sky's the limit here. And I'm going to put my head down and work. And I think the, the cream always rises to the top, right? And I think that if you are willing to assimilate the situation, right? Because that's another thing that I, that I tell people. I said, don't limit yourself by saying, you know, you will not, go to a hockey game that's not your sport it's like if you want to succeed in this environment you have to understand the environment working hard is one element that's going to open the door but for you to stay there and for you to you know what got you here won't get you there right um it takes then you have to be a, then you have to be smart about how you how you make career decisions right because working hard got us here but when you look to your left and you look to your right and everyone else around you worked hard, then you have to layer, you know, you, you have to be strategic and you have to be out there. So for me, when I, when I, when I talk to, to like the young Latino professionals, particularly in the corporate law environment, I remind them that there is a lot of strategy, that there is more than just hard work. The hard work is like table stakes, you know, we work hard. Now you need to layer and, 
and, and we have personalities that are built through these, you know, we talk about the, the Bronx and, and dealing with those hard times. In my job, they call me fearless. They're like, you know, and I never label myself that. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're bringing up uh, both of you kind of the thematic of the way in which people achieve success is littered with failure. Guys, we can go on for hours achieving incredible things and we appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us. us. Yeah, this was fun, Javier. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. For information and links about today's guests, check out the show notes and visit topofthegame-thepod.com. Your host, Javier Sade, the show Top of the Game. Thanks for listening.